God is, uh, God is here. Uh, we're just going to open up Scripture this morning. We're just going to allow God to speak to us. I want to start by challenging you just a bit, asking you a very simple question that it gets to be very complicated. We make it complicated, but the, the question is simply this. What is your life pace right now? What is your life pace? Is it going really fast? Do you feel like you're going, whoa, you can't catch your breath? Or is it going really slow? Are you going, God, I'm not changing, I'm not growing, and nothing's happening, this is really, really hard, and you're just, you just feel like it, your pace is at, a, is at a crawl? Is it erratic? <laughs> is it like, okay, I'm good today, I'm terrible tomorrow, I'm good today, I'm terrible tomorrow. Is, 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 that, is that the pace you're living? Is that what's going on in your life? Do you feel like your, your life pace, your life uh, direction is heading toward a cliff? <laughs> Maybe you've already fallen off the cliff and you're halfway down and you're just going, oh, this is not good. <laughs> Where is your life pace? What is happening? How do we find that really good pace for our family, for our spiritual walk, for our life, for our relationships? All of that can bring uh, pressure and tension in us. How do we find that family pace, that spiritual walk? That God has for you. You know, if there are a few sports that really use pacers or pace runners, I know NASCAR has a pace car, you know, that doesn't do much, but don't, don't let everyone go crazy before the race starts, and then there's, there's, no, there's no pacing. But in running, you, have a, you, you can have, be on a team, even though the runners run individually, and you have someone who is setting the pace. Someone that runs ahead of the, and the reason, they're, what they're trying to do is the pace setter is running ahead to help the one that is following break a record. But you have to do it just the right pace. If you, if, if you go too fast, if you think, I'm going to set a record, and you start running, and you go, start running way too fast, you're not going to make it. You're going to burn out. You're going to be falling apart before the end comes. Or if you think, I need to rest, I need to make sure I'm good, I need to make sure I'm not going too fast, and you go a little bit slower, then you may find that you can never catch up. You can never really get there. So the key is to make sure you're following that pace in front of you. And we're, when we're hurting, when we're gasping for air, when our side hurts, you ever run along and your side starts to hurt, your legs start to ache, and you think, how can, I, how can I go on it? But the pace runner is still going. Are you willing to trust? Are you willing to trust that pace runner? Are you willing to trust that one that's ahead of you, thinking, no, nah, I'm going too fast. <laughs> this is too much. God, where are you taking me? <laughs> what, what, what is going on? This morning, I want to focus on just one passage of Scripture that I think will really, really help us understand the pace that God has. And in Philippians chapter 4, and uh, I, I want to challenge you. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. You go, oh, man, come to church and get homework. Yes, yes. Your homework is to read the end, the end of chapter 3 and in chapter 4 over and over this week. Allow that to go in your heart. Because you, what you will find, especially in verses 4 through 9, you'll find God's pace for your life and where you're struggling. 
in, in some area of your life, in, in some in a relationship and physical and finances and uh, in some in work and some area, you are struggling with the pace that you're dealing with. And the answer is there. The answer is found right there. I, I just actually don't have time. There's no way that I have time to, to read all of it. But just to, just to highlight verses, uh, verses 4 through 9, it says, Rejoice! <laughs> you see, God's pace has joy. The pace that God has for you has joy. Rejoice in the Lord. It, talks about, it says again, Rejoice! Uh, the, the Lord is near. It talks about, uh, Do not be anxious. Come on. <laughs> don't be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious. Are we living that way? I mean, the Bible says that, but mm, it's hard. Why is that? Ah, he talks about trusting him, and then he talks about thinking about what's right, having the right pace in your mind. And you think, my, my life's out of pace. My life isn't right. And the reason your life is not at the right pace is because you are thinking about stupid stuff all the time. You're thinking about the wrong things all the time. What's going to go wrong? What's going to not uh, work out right? What's going to fall apart? What's, what are you thinking, thinking? And if you think on that, your pace will change for the bad. Instead of whatever's good, whatever's right, think on these things. Because then it ends this, this, it, with this. It says, in the God of peace, God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. You see, that's what's tied in to our pace. And you think, well, Greg, I want to run that. I, I, that's, man, that chapter, I want that to be my pace. I want to live in that uh, peace. How, how do I have that joy? How do I do that? Well, the answer is, is there. So the pace is in verses 4 through 9. What our pace is, don't be anxious. Trust God. Think about what's right. That's the pace that God has for you right now. That's the pace. How do we get there? How do we get there? Well, we need to go up because he explains how in the first three verses. In verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it begins with this. It says, therefore, wait, wait, wait. Anytime, just here's a little hermeneutics lesson. Anytime you're reading the Bible and you see the word therefore, you need to stop and ask, why is that therefore? What is it therefore? Get it? <laughs> Come on, you'll catch up eventually, be okay. Why, why, why is that therefore? Because, you see, therefore means it's going to give you the answer. And what I've taught over and over, and I've been teaching us to understand, is there's a premise behind the way you're thinking. There's a premise behind the way you're living. There's something that's driving that. So, therefore means there's a premise that's before that. So, we need to stop a moment and go back to the end, to the last verse in chapter 3. Because, you know, when God inspired these writings, and God, and they wrote, they didn't write, Chapter 4, verse 1, <laughs> you know, in an in a, in a English accent. They didn't do that. <laughs> it wasn't there. They just wrote it. So the, the, verse, uh, the, the last verse in chapter 3 is very important because it sets everything up. Philippians chapter 3, verse 21 says this. It talks about the power that Jesus has, the power that enables him, the power that, that, that changes everything will transform your body, your lowly bodies. In other words... Now, it doesn't just talk about in the future. When I get to heaven, yeah, I'm going to have a new body. It'll be a glorified body. That'll be great. You know, I never have to die anymore. Thank you, Jesus. But, you know, it, 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 it's going to be great. No, no, no. Right now, right here, in your life, in your, the way you're living, God has given you power. God has the power to transform the way you're living. 
the way you're thinking. Where you're thinking wrong. God has the ability. He can transform that right now. So this morning, very simply, for just a few minutes, we're going to talk about setting a perfect pace for God's perfect peace. Setting a perfect pace. That right there ought to get you hungry. Oh, God, how can I have that perfect pace so I can live in God's perfect peace? I am so glad you asked. Because I believe that understanding this is going to help us. It's going to help us live. How do we trust God? How do we live for God? You see, the, at the beginning of, of uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, the Bible gives us a picture. Holy Spirit guides us into un- understanding what that picture is. And it talks about standing firm. And you think, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute. You're talking about running. You're talking about pacing. And now you're saying, the Bible says standing. Aren't we mixing metaphors? Not at all. Because it doesn't mean what you think it means. Let's read verse 1. Therefore, why is therefore? You got it? Got, don't forget. It all ties in. Context is important. Therefore, you whom I love, you who are dear to me, you got to get this. Paul's actually pouring out his heart. Say, man, you got to get this because it changes the way you live and you think and you act. Therefore, you whom I love, Stand firm in the Lord in this way. Stand firm in this way to, to do this, to, to, to go for and to live the peace that he's going to talk about, to, to have this pace that he's talking about. Stand at firm literally means, it doesn't mean to not move. No, no, no. It means uh, to persevere, to not give up. Literally, if anything, it means keep moving. Don't quit. Don't be going halfway down the road and thinking, oh, man, I'm tired, and my side hurt, and I can't run anymore, and Jesus is just running too fast. He's asking too much of me. Did I just step into your prayer? He's, he's doing too much. He's, I can't do that. I can't live that way. I can't behave that way. That's just, wow, that's just crazy. I just, like, I'm just, don't. No, 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 no. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So, so some, people, some people think that they can set their own pace. Some people have this idea of what Christianity is, is getting what I call by the skin of their teeth. You, you know that saying, right? Just, there's nothing there. If there is, you brush your teeth. But just barely, barely get in. And this is, this is what it works out to be. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to act the way I want to want. I want to sleep with who I want to sleep with. I'm going to act like how I want. Come on. I'm sorry. This is, the way, this is the way we need to understand. We live our life. But I still want to go to heaven. <laughs> I want to go to hell. Who wants to go to hell? Nobody. <laughs> no one says, yes, I want to go to hell. Nobody wants to do that. I want to go to heaven. So we have this weird compromise that says, I'm going to live like I want, but not so much that I could just get into heaven. <laughs> you, know, I don't, you know, the Bible says he has, he's building a, a, a rooms for us and mansions for us, and you say, I don't need a mansion, God. I just give me a little shack around the corner. Just a little, little, little low rent area. That's okay. As long as I get into heaven and I'm not there, then I'm happy. Uh uh-uh. uh, listen to me. There are no shacks in heaven. I'm talking really straight and honest with you. There are no shacks in heaven. It's all mansions. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> it's 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 in other words, it's it's not a little bit. It's not 
live my, my life and act like my life and then just sort of stroll into heaven. Yo, Peter, and then get through the gates. It doesn't work that way. Philippians, verse 2 and 3, is the heart of what I want to talk about. And it's surprising. Because it, it, all of a sudden it goes, what? What is he talking about? <laughs> this is what he says. I plead with you, Udiah, and Sikatig. Imagine having that name. What's your name? Sikatig. <laughs> I plead with you to be of the same mind that's in the Lord, to have the mind of the Lord, to be connected to the Lord. That's literally what I mean. My true companion, we'll talk about that in just a minute. He's talking to someone else now. Help these women that are in contending and that have fought with me for the cause of the gospel. You think it? Uh, what happened? It's like a, Paul was being real spiritual and all of a sudden he had to deal with this stuff and then we move on. No, 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 no. This is the essence of everything that we need to understand this morning. You see, in Philippi, the, uh, it, Philippi, that whole area, that whole province was, were, uh, these women were really, really strong. They were leaders. You know, in, in, in Philippi, they, uh, a woman could be a leader of, uh, of an army, could be uh, someone in charge of, of a whole fortress, they were, they were empowered in a, in a lot of levels. And so what happened in this church is these women were leaders. They were godly leaders, and they came to some kind of disagreement. Now, we don't know what the disagreement is. The Bible's really good saying, you don't need to know that. It's not about that. But all we know is they were disagreeing, and it wasn't about the color of the carpet, okay? They weren't, they weren't, they, they weren't decorating team. That's, that's not... It's not the point. You, you want to be decorating? That's cool. I'm just saying, wow, got out of that one really quick. The point, the point is, is this was something theological and deep and that they were somehow in tension with. And Paul's saying, no, 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 you need to understand. You are, you are connected. You are fellow companions. And literally what this word means, to be in the same mind of Christ, means to be a yoke fellow, to be yoke-connected to everything going on, not only to one another, but to Christ, to have the mind of, of, of Christ. Now, this is really interesting, because I believe with all my heart, Paul, directed by the Holy Spirit, was directly going back to what Jesus said, which was one of the most comforting and empowering, wonderful passages and statements that I think Jesus ever made. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, this is what he says. He says, come to me. All who are weary and you're burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, that's so good. And we, we maybe heard that verse before, and we say, yes, God, I'm going to do your burden. But when Jesus first spoke this to the first century Jewish mind, you know what their response was? What? <laughs> that ain't right. No, 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 no. Because you see, yoke is, was what God set them free from. A yoke was, in fact, in the Old Testament, several times it says that I have broken the yoke of slavery and, and the yokes are no more. And, and it's, it's, I've done away with it. And so this is their mindset. And so when Jesus said, take my yoke, he's going, what does that mean? Now, a yoke, in case you're not sure, is you get two Strong oxen, and you have a bar that goes across them, and they're connected by the necks. So they have to go the same place. Everyone would have understood what he meant by yoke. 
No one would have appreciated what he said by the yoke, but he had a meaning and a purpose. They thought this was really strange. Yokes are bad. <laughs> how, can, how can this lead to peace? How can this change anything? In a yoke, there's two animals, usually, and one always sets the pace, usually. Not, not old, but usually one sets the pace. One's stronger. One's better trained. One's older. One carries the load a little bit more and, and sets the direction a little bit more. And so all of a sudden you begin to understand what Jesus was talking about when he said, take my yoke. Not other yokes, but take my yoke because I'm going to guide you. I'm going to let you lead you. And literally what he's saying is I'm going to set the pace for your life. I'm going to show you how to live and where to live. You see, Jesus doesn't know what to do. Oh, that's okay. Follow him. He's setting the pace. So often we go, oh, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to act this way. And we start pulling against the very yoke that's leading us to the perfect pace that'll take us to the perfect peace. And we are not living peaceful life. We're not trusting God. We're anxious about things. We're troubled about things because we are not following the yoke that Christ has for us, that Christ wants to do. Take my yoke means you got to do it willingly. He doesn't force his yoke on anyone. He doesn't say, where this yoke? <laughs> no, no, no. He said, take it. You have to take it because I, I need to know where to go. I need to know how to, how to live. But here's the thing, and you can't miss this part. Before you can take a yoke, you've got to take the old one off. Yeah, i got no yoke. Oh, yes, you do. You know what it's called? Pride. <laughs> i got no, I got no yoke. You know what it's called? Yourself. Your sin. Everyone always is wearing a yoke. Somewhere you have a yoke. It's either of this world of Christ. And you're wearing this yoke. And the problem is sometimes we say, okay, God, you've got my life. I gave you my heart. And so now I'm wearing the yoke. I'm yoked to Christ. And at the same time, I got two yokes on because I got a yoke of this world or this lust or this fear or this doubt of this shame that's pulling me. What do you think is going to happen to the oxen that has two yokes? And these other two are going, are both trying to lead and go two different directions. You ever felt that way? <laughs> you ever feel like, I am being strangled. This is what, what is going on. I'll tell you what's going on. It's really simple. You're wearing two yokes. And that never works out. It never works out. We have to be willing to change to his yoke. To change and put on what he wants to do. It's really easy. So often... Uh, we redefine Christianity and say, this is the way you live. This is how you live. This is, we redefined it instead of setting his pace. And what we're trying to do, really, what we're trying, we set our own pace. We go our own direction. We do our own thing. And that's what he's talking about here. And, and how do we get to the pace? The pace is trust him. Don't be anxious for anything. Believe in him. Think on these things. Change your mind. Be transformed in your thinking. All the verses, they all start to just go, to, go together. If you're willing to set this pace, if you're willing to trust God, if you're willing to believe what God wants to do. But when we live our own pace, it's the wrong pace. 
and it'll never lead to peace. It'll never lead to satisfaction. And my heart just breaks so often. I see people just struggling. They want to love God. They want to serve God. But they're wearing the wrong yoke. And I'm just thinking, you're not getting there. You've got to take his yoke and say, God, what do you want to do? Christ's burden is light. Why? Why? Why is the burden of Christ light? If you're wearing his yoke and he's not in it, that's a heavy burden. You know what we call that? Religion. You just try to do it my will. I just, I would make it work. I'll make it work. I'll be good. I'll be holy. I'll be holy. You are so unholy, you can't even begin to think about the word holy. <laughs> That's us. That's all of us. But if we're holiness in him, if he's doing it, it's light because he's carrying it. It's light because he's pulling it. It's light because he's setting the direction. You know, Jesus taught on living worry-free. He talked about, don't worry, I feed the, I feed the birds, I, I, I clothe the flowers, don't worry. That's what he, but you know what he says all before that? Before he gets into that, because we go, yes, God, clothes me like flowers. And he, <laughs> come on, <laughs> clothe me like flowers. I didn't do that on purpose. God just orchestrated that. He's amazing. <laughs> clothe me. Let, let me be strong in, in you. Let me do all that. Let me not worry. Let me believe. Let me be fed and all that. Like, you know what he says before that? Matthew 6, 24. We don't want to read 6, 6 because that's before all that. Because that is the premise. Here we go again. The premise that drives. How do we really live that way? No one can serve two masters. You're either loving one and hating the other or you're hating one and loving the other. You're serving somebody you're wearing a yoke. It's on your neck. You pretend it isn't. You pretend you're free. Isn't that the craziest thing? We live in a world that says, Woo, live like you want, act like you want, behave like you want, go what you want. They redefine everything. They say up is down and down is up. And you're going, what? <laughs> this is right and that's not. And all these types of things, you just go, well, that's just crazy. But they're wearing this yoke of the world values. Wearing this yoke, and you cannot do both. You cannot wear both. You see, if you if you have the wrong yoke, you're walking, you're running the wrong pace. You get tired. You get weary. Are you tired? Are you weary trying to make it work? Are you just done with? God, I just can't do that anymore. Okay. Take the old yoke off and put on his. Remove the one that's wrong. You say, well, what is that yoke? I don't know. Maybe it's not so bad. You know what Lamentations 1.14 says? Just puts it in nice, nice, good words. Lamentations 1.14. Turn that to for me. My sins have been bound into a yoke. Okay, Greg, now you're just preaching. Well, I got to sometimes. Because we can call the yoke all kinds of things. We call it weakness. We call it our frailties, our failures. We, we call it heavy. We call it a burden. We call it anxiety. We call it shame. 
just sin. Because when we live the way we want to live, what happens is that yoke just comes around us, bears us down. God wants his church to be free. And free doesn't mean you live and do what you want and redefine everything like you want. It means you put on his yoke, which is easy. And you wear his burden because he's carrying it first, trusting him, believing him. And when he starts to move a little bit fast, you go, okay, God, I'm here. I'm good. <laughs> when he starts to move in really fast, you say, God, I'm there. I'm there. When he's going slow and you're ready to go fast because it happens both ways, he says, no, no. Just trust. No, no, it's okay. Believe me. God, I'm in pain, but God, you're hurt. Trust me. Trust me. And all of a sudden, you'll understand what God is trying to do. The crazy thing about this is the picture is so much bigger than we even have time to discuss this morning. Because we're not only yoked to Christ, but the picture is also that we're yoked to one another. We have what's, what I call yoke connections. Yo, connections. <laughs> yoke, <laughs> sorry, I just dripped off every now and then. <laughs> yoke connections, where we're bound to one another, where we bear each other's burden. You know the Bible says that. I don't know how to bear your burden. What, 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 give me a rock, I'll carry that. But I, how do I bear your burden? You come along someone and be yoked with them. And you love them. And you care for them, and you help them. The church, we are the church. You see, the picture gets really big. The church is to help others to bear one another's burden. The church, of course, we're still connected with Christ. It's all there. But you'll never find peace. You'll never find that pace that God has for you until you begin to understand how we are yoked to Christ and how we're yoked to one another and how we got to care for one another. That's the body. The body cares for it. I, the, the other day, I cut both my middle fingers. This with pliers and this with a mandolin. Those things are sharp. Don't do that. You know, because I'm sitting there thinking, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this thing because I want to cut my finger. I better, oh, you know, just as I'm walking around. No, I can't do that. But I'm, I'm walking around and it's hurting. And sometimes life feels that way. Are we willing to trust him? Are you setting, are you following the wrong pace? It was crazy. The other day, I drove by, I was coming down our new, new Citrus uh, Park extension, you know, it's over here, you know, we call it a speed trap. That's what it is. Let's come down there, because I don't speed, I've learned, learned my lesson. And I just, well, okay, I speed a little bit, I'll confess. But a little bit, you think you can get away with it. And I came by, and there was four cop cars. I mean, they're just all on one little row parked. And I'm thinking, ooh, man, <laughs> they're out for something. They're, they always are there. Don't speed on that road, by the way. So, but a few minutes later, my son strolled by, and they tell me the story that there were not four but five cop cars, every one of them with their lights on, every one of them stopping somebody else, all five of them, pulling over five different cars at the same time. You know why? Because somebody was setting the pace. You know what everyone else behind him said? I'm good. <laughs> you'll get it. You'll get it. Maybe you're the third car back and you say, hey, uh, there might be two. <laughs> but he got the first one and the second one and the third one and the fourth. Got them all. 
they made, your, they made their budget for the month on that one. But the point is, you're following the wrong pace. And sometimes we're just going through life and we're going following the wrong pace and doing the wrong thing. And you're thinking, I'm okay. I'm okay. Until you're not. So God, why is this pace so hard? Why? Because like, you're not following His. You're not doing what He wants. Jesus said something that I don't think we've come to grips with. He said, take up your cross. Growing up, my first thing was, well, wait a minute. I thought he was on the cross, so I'm not on the cross. Why do I have a cross? Jesus died on the cross, so I don't have to be on that cross. And that's right. For the forgiveness of sin, you, there's no cross that will forgive your sin, except Christ, except what he did. Only in Christ. We're only saved in, through Jesus Christ and what he did. But then Jesus says a strange thing about take up your cross. What does that mean? How do we take up our cross? I want to give you a picture that will help you. The cross was laid across the shoulders of Christ. He brought forgiveness into our life. And the cross was laid across our shoulders like a yoke laid across our shoulders so that we can follow what he's done for us so we can surrender and say God come into my life what can be done to get rid of old yokes what can be done I want to make sure you don't exchange one bad yoke for another You're, you can't say okay I'm not going to live this life and then you exchange it for religion or your own human efforts that's not it. See, a yoke is very personal. Jesus said, take my yoke, just me and you. It's just me and you. This is about you and Christ. You following Christ. You trusting him. You believing in what he's doing and how he's guiding your life. And there's all kinds of yokes. We have the yoke of fear, shame, pride. The question is, Begin with a question, now end with a question. What yoke is setting your pace? What yoke is setting your pace? And if you're hurting, God, I need more of you. I'm not a singer. That was your chance to say amen. <laughs> But I grew up in church. There was a song in my heart all week. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread, heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup. I lift it up and make me whole. Are you hungry for his yoke? Do you see his yoke as a burden? As something that's heavy and say, oh, I don't want that. We live in a world where people walk in that door for the first time. They sit down, they say, oh, I don't want God. I don't want religion. I don't want you to tell me what I want to do. And they're following yokes that lead them over the cliff. 
But all of it takes is a hunger to say, God, I need you. Fill my cup. Father, in the name of Jesus, we as your children are here and we cry out, fill us up, Lord, with you. We need you. We need your presence. God, we substituted so many things for you and we try to do our own will, our own thing for so long and God, it just doesn't lead anywhere except into fear and doubt and failure. God, we need your peace, the peace that passes all understanding, a trust that supersedes everything in this world. And God, we know that it comes by surrendering our life to you. So Lord, right now, right here, if there's a single person in the sound of my voice watching online or watching in the future or in this room that has not totally surrendered their life and said, I want to wear the yoke of Christ. I'll follow you, Lord. Lay it across my shoulders. Teach me the pace that you have. and Help me to trust that it's just the right pace to lead to the right peace. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive us. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Wash us anew with the presence of your Spirit. Flow over every single heart. Every single mind, every single spirit here this morning. We surrender anew and afresh and say, Lord, fill us. <laughs> fill us with all that you are. Fill us with all that you have. We trust you, Lord. We trust your pace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Isn't God good? God is so good.